Hey everyone, I'm Amanda. And I'm Allie. We are so glad you've joined us today. Our podcast is a platform for women to share their stories. We have a different woman share a story on the first of every month. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but in the end, it's always encouraging. Be sure to hit subscribe so you'll be alerted the next time we have a podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, livingoutloud.today. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you will enjoy the show. Now it's time to meet our next guest. Happy New Year. Happy New Year 2024. Can you believe it? No. We say that every year. Every single year. I do believe that this year went by so fast. It really did. It went by slow and it went by fast. Yeah. For me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it they say that the the days are long but the years are short? It's true. And that is very true. Yes. Well, do you have a favorite thing this month, the new year to kick us off with? I do. And I love to travel. I do not get to travel a lot. So listeners, if you are listening to this, I want to tell you about this wonderful place in Oxford, Mississippi. <laughs> so if you live in Oxford, you still need to book it for like a weekend get, get away with your spouse or a girl's night um, because it'll just make you feel like you're in this just cute little picture Instagram perfect place. Um, and you will feel so loved on by the host. She does such a great job. Her gift of hospitality is amazing. But it's called Heart Cottage. So our sweet friend, Joe Shannon, Hart, Joe Shannon Hartnett, um, it's her little cottage next to her beautiful house. And we were able to stay there one night. And it was just so sweet and so beautiful. Charming. Yes. So good. Yes. So check it out. And if you do not live in Oxford, this is a must. Come and visit us in Oxford. And that's where you need to stay. Yes. Okay, my favorite thing was recommended to me by my cousin, Becky. I call her Becky. Her name is Rebecca Lewis. She's always just, she has so many favorite things, and she listens to our podcast, and she will just be like, well, have you tried this? And anyway, the last time I saw her, she said, have you tried the bamboo sheets? And okay, the brand is D-O-Z. By S-I-J-O. That's what it says, the brand. I don't know how to pronounce that. But anyway, we bought them and I am in love with them. They're like cooling for hot sleepers. They're silky, breathable, and they're organic. 100% organic bamboo sheets. They're like buttery soft. They're so good. You sound like you're doing an ad. I think... (laughs) Amazon needs to give us like some credit yeah, for this. Yeah, I, I know, but I really, I like, I'm serious. <laughs> That's amazing. She is, my, my cousin is so good at recommending these favorite things. And I, yeah. would, I would tell you, if, I wouldn't even share it if it wasn't a favorite thing. It's yeah. so good. I love wow. them. I know everybody's different. They have their, you know, preferences mm-hmm. on the way sheets feel. Yeah. Um, I love them. Lance likes them. He likes them. But that's really good because yeah. there are sheets that he doesn't like at okay. all. Okay. So, um, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Another thing. I have a question. Okay. Do you have like any favorite songs that you have on repeat right now? Yes. I can think of two. The first one is, it's not really a well-known one. I think it's kind of old. Um, it's called Into the Deep by City Point Worship. I don't really even know who they are. Um, but the lyrics are so powerful. I just wanted to read. It talks about, it says, Into the deep I will go with you, submerge my feet to my head, 
in all of you. As your presence falls, I'm drowned in your love. Immerse me. And it's just talking about walking with God in the deep and the hard places and just hunger, you know, where we hunger and we thirst for more. And it's just a beautiful song. The other one is the jam for my kids. And they, it's, it's Gyra, which we all know that song. But it is the Gyra by um, Lecrae. Okay. You know Lecrae? Yeah. Um, the Christian rapper. Okay. But the kid, my kids call it, can we play Gyra fast mode? Because he starts rapping in it out of nowhere. And then there's other singers. Um, I don't know who these are. Uh, Limbo Blaze. <laughs> he sings in it. But it is just, if you like the song Gyra and you like the lyrics, this is just a fun spin that, I mean, you yeah. have to dance to when you hear it. That's so. awesome. I can't wait to listen. Okay, I'm so glad that yours were spiritual <laughs> because normally mine are like worship songs that I'm going to share with you, but um, I have two country songs and I love, I love like a variety. I never listen to just like one style as long as it's a great message and the sound, I will listen to it. Yeah. But these two new artists are so good i love their sounds and i love the songs they're just they just sound so good but anyway first one is jonathan hutcherson and the song is go south and it's more about his voice i just love it and this mm. song has such a cool sound that's when you showed me right he does yes. have a good voice and the only reason i know about him is um well he's gotten he's like up and coming, new. He's getting really big, but my friend is dating him. Okay. So uh, it's a friend that I met years ago that went on a mission trip with us. And so anyway, it made me want to check him out. And now I'm like sharing it because I truly yeah. do love his voice. Awesome. And he's a Christian. Yeah. So um, also, the Costellos. Have you heard of them? You told me about them. Okay. Well, they're these three blonde, long-haired blonde sisters. Yeah. And I, I don't. Something popped up on Instagram like over a year ago, and I heard them singing, and I was just like, Oh my goodness! I love their sound. It's just so sweet. And they, I, I told my my family, I'm like, They're going to be huge. Oh, and I believe it. Guess what? They just signed with Warner Brothers. Oh and I don't gosh. know about their future songs. Yeah. All I know is their one single that just came out, their first single. It's called Number Seven Road. And it is just so country. And I yeah. like so like it just sounds pure and sweet. And huh. it's talking about their where they're from, yeah. their grandfather's road oh, that they, they lived on or whatever. But anyway, I bet they take off now. I, I, I love it. Wait. So check them out. Hey, awesome. one more thing. Yeah. I have something that may make me cool. Okay. I mean, are you like, not already cool? I thought you were cool. <laughs> Thank you. I don't mean it to like that, but I'm just like, hey, does this make me cool? That, okay. I mean, I'm okay with Taylor Swift. I'm not like a Swifty or anything. Um, my, I know like family, I have some family that are, so I've been listening to some more of their songs lately, like her songs lately. Uh -huh. And I just always love like the first one. And the second one, like the old yeah. Taylor Swift. Right. Um, but I have a new friend, and her brother is Steven. Steven. You know the song, Hey Steven? Her brother is Steven. Yeah. Wow. So I thought that was cool, but then when I told, like, some of my family, they are like. Yeah. So, like, you know Steven. They're like, oh, my goodness, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't know Steven. <laughs> I'm just friends with does. his sister. But and you know so, his sister. Yeah. That, that is cool. So it made me listen to Hey Steven. 
Yeah. And it's a cool sound. It's so old. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe you are cooler now. Well, welcome thanks. to the cool thanks. club. Some, some people will be like I'm that. not in the cool club. Some people are going to be like that. That are not Swifties, they're going to be like, no, that makes they you not care. cool. They're like, fast forward, get to the real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about our next guest. Nikki Dutton is a speaker and host of the More with Nikki Dutton podcast, which exists to find the more in life around us every day through compelling conversations with some of the most incredible people on the planet. Home is in Columbus, Georgia, where she is married to her best friend, Scott, and together they are absolutely in love with their dog, Scout and Tiny Cat Trooper. Nikki works with A21, a global anti-human trafficking organization that exists to abolish slavery everywhere, forever. She currently serves on the strategic partnership team. Welcome, Nikki. Hi, guys. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you. I met you how many years ago? It's been a while. (laughs) My oldest son, Connor, was at Impact 360 because you worked there Mm -hmm. and you were so helpful. And that was such an amazing time for Connor, my oldest son and our family. I talk about it all the time. Impact 360 is such an incredible program. And then our middle son, Camden, he went there last year. So we've had two go through. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, Impact, you'll guide, you'll hear this in a little bit, but Impact was a big part of my story as well. So it was a joy to get to be on staff for a little while. Well, my kids are already on the wait list. Yes. yes we've already talked about this. We are just going to go ahead and put it and speak it over their life that it will be happening yeah. in 16, 17 years. Right, right. In a while. <laughs> Probably going to be even more grown and, you know. Yeah, we can't say enough about it. So, such a great way to prepare um, young adults for the next season in their life. It's between senior year and college, or I think you can do it after your freshman year in college. Mm -hmm. You're right. So, both of mine did it right after their senior year in high school. And so, it was just such a great feeling. I feel like they would have been great going straight to college from their senior year but I can't even tell you how amazing it was to drop them off at college after going through impact 360 I'm like they are just like over (laughs) yeah that's right I think that that needs to be mandatory I mean I think every kid what a I mean what a blessing that would be for them to just kind of have that gap year that transition Mm -hmm. year because I mean being thrown into freshman year I mean it's yeah it's a lot even if you are well prepared I mean it's a big adjustment it is and you know especially at a big university that's right like I mean so many people don't do it and they have great college experiences I always say Lance and I are like it was just God's plan for our family we knew about it and I feel like we get to share it with people that it may be God's plan for them that God puts in our path and people who are listening right now you may be like hey that sounds great for my son or daughter um so anyway we always love to share it and just spread it because I don't think enough people know about it yeah so anyway we're gonna let you share your story with us and we're gonna ask you some questions so you just take the floor Okay. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about it this morning. I was putting a load of laundry in the washer and I was like, how do you start your life story? You know, without being like, well, I was born here and I did this. But when I think back to kind of my earliest days, I think one of the biggest distinctions about my life and that has kind of shaped me into who I am today 
is that I have been familiar with the Lord's voice since I was really little. So I had different influences of faith in my life. I had grandparents, specifically grandmas who a grandma and a meemaw who were all about the Lord. And I know who have just covered me and my sister in prayer since the day they learned about us. Um, But for my immediate family, for my mom, my dad, my sister, and I, we moved around a lot growing up. So I think that I can't even remember the exact number of elementary schools and middle schools that I was a part of, but we lived in Oklahoma, in Kansas, Georgia, and Colorado, and we're just kind of bouncing every year. So, and that was because of my dad's job. So while we were moving and making a lot of those transitions, there were some times in some towns where we found a church or we would be involved in some kind of faith community. And then to be honest, there were others where we weren't. And I think just when there's so much change and transition in your life, it can be hard to kind of find that like footing and to find that community that you belong in. And um, it was about, I think my eighth grade year is when my family was making another move from Colorado to Georgia. And this time it was happening right in the middle of my eighth grade year, which middle school was hard just in general. And especially eighth grade year being a new kid. And I would say as well as moving to the South, moving to a town where my classmates had grown up together, their parents had grown up together. I just felt super other and just very, very out of place. And so we get to Georgia and I'm just kind of navigating all of those feelings. And like I said, faith, even though I was familiar with the Lord's voice, um, being in a church or being in a small group or being in a faith environment consistently was not something that was a part of my life. And so we get to Georgia and I immediately fall into a not so great group of friends. And I think it's because whenever you're trying to find a place to belong, sometimes those can be the doors that are the most wide open. And my family uh, was starting to have some concerns. And so they did the one thing that they knew to do, which we laugh about it now because it's like not even if you're familiar with faith traditions, it's not even like really how it works but they just felt like they needed to get me into a church. And so we go to church one Sunday morning during my eighth grade year when things are just kind of rough and tough. And my mom asked me to go up at the end of the service and to essentially like confess my sins to the youth pastor, which that's where it's funny because it's like, this was not a Catholic church. That's not really how things work. Um, But, you know, I did what my mom told me to do. And on the very next day, Um, I was put on a church van that was headed towards St. Simon's Island in Georgia for youth camp. And I include that in my story because it's such an important part of who I am today because it was on that youth trip where I not only met Jesus and really initiated my relationship with the Lord for the first time at 13 years old, but it was also where I started to find my place within a faith community. And that has marked my life in such a specific way. Like we were just talking about, you fast forward a few years from eighth grade. Now I'm a senior and I'm graduating high school and I got the opportunity to be a part of something called Impact 360, which we were just saying is a gap year program for students. And that was just that next level of Christian community for me. And that was also a place where during that year between high school and college, 
I had different mentors and leaders and professors start to call out the things that God had made me uniquely for. And some of those things were anything related to people. So gathering people, including people, seeing people, that's something that the Lord has created me to do. But also this communication aspect. I remember that we were asked to give a presentation in front of the group. And it was just kind of your standard class presentation. And I got up and I presented whatever my topic was. And the professor noted after that, that he felt like there could be a gift on my life for communication and specifically public speaking. And that was the first time that anyone had identified that. And so then moving on from Impact 360 into college and my early professional years, I really have just been trying to, you know, walk out in those ways. So um, just to lean into those places where people that I trust and people that knew me said, hey, this, this might be something that God has for you. And so I was in school, in college, studying communications, but then on the side, I was also starting to participate in speaking engagements, whether that was at youth camps or if that was Bible studies or small groups, and it was amazing. And then like we talked about, I came to work for Impact 360, and that was so formational in my life, just getting to start my professional experience underneath the Chick-fil-A family and just to learn again in that next level of Christian community. It just has been so huge for who I am and has shaped every step that I've taken. And then the big part of the story that kind of catches you up to where we are today is in 2019, I was getting my master's degree from Wheaton College. I was getting my master's in evangelism and leadership, and I had just gotten married to my husband, Scott. That had been a really challenging season. Um, Our wedding season was one that was marked with a lot of joy and celebration, as you would typically hear. But also, we were navigating some of our darkest days. My dad was very, very sick and actually on our wedding day was unable to be there. He was found that morning and rushed to the hospital. And so my dad spent our wedding day in a hospital while we were kind of with all, uh, all of our other friends and loved ones. Um, and then he ended up, uh, actually passing away about a year. Um, I'm sorry, about a month after our wedding. And so that entire year and that whole season was one where the Lord taught me a lot about what it looks like to hold joy in one hand and to hold grief and pain in the other. And then just to walk forward with both of those hands fulls, just trying to kind of navigate that tension And so I had just been through that. Scott and I had just gotten married. We were starting our life together. I'm pursuing my master's in evangelism and leadership through Wheaton. And when I got to about January 2019, uh, one of my classmates was uh, the co-founder of this nonprofit called A21. Her name is Christine Kane. She was in my class with me, and I was hearing her talk about the anti-human trafficking work that her and her team were doing worldwide. And I can not really explain it well. All I know is that it was this moment where everything kind of clicked in place for me. And I started to really understand what human trafficking looks like and how everyday people like me or you or Allie or Amanda, what we can do to actually be a part of that solution. And so this is where the story gets a little crazy is that in 2019, I went to my incredible boss at Impact 360 and I let him know that I was going to be quitting Impact 360 and that Scott and I were going to be moving from Georgia to California 
Virginia so that I could volunteer full-time. So essentially we were cutting all ties with the amazing life that we had here in the South. And we were going to just take this huge risk and move to California. And so I've been on A21's team for the last four years and have served a lot of different roles and have learned so, so much about what anti-trafficking work looks like, but also what the problem of human trafficking looks like in our cities, but also worldwide. And a big aspect of our story kind of during that time is that my husband and I were starting to feel like we were ready to start our own family and that we would love to add kids to our home. And so we made the move back to Georgia so that we could be closer to some of our community. A lot of those people that I've mentioned in my story so far are still here. And so we wanted to move back and be close to them. And uh, this path and this journey of starting a family has looked really different than we expected. We were so blessed to get pregnant very, very quickly. Um, But we actually had a miscarriage with our first pregnancy first pregnancy in April of, I believe that was 2022. Um, And then in October of 2022, so almost exactly a year ago now, we got pregnant again and then suffered another miscarriage. And so, so far we've had two pregnancies and we have lost both of those pregnancies. And so this season feels very reminiscent of that wedding season, of that engagement season, of holding so much good in one hand, but also holding a lot of hard in the other, and then just kind of navigating that tension. And so as of today, we are still hopeful and just asking the Lord to give us children, but also navigating just the the aspects that come with that, just medically and emotionally and spiritually and everything. And it's been really interesting that as I've been open about our story through social media and through my own podcast, there have been so many people who have reached out and have said that they're in a very similar season. So even today, I was texting with a friend who is kind of in a similar place. And we were just talking about the challenge that it is to find like courage to hope and to be hopeful when you have navigated loss. And so that's a lot. That's 31 years kind of all in one small package. I'm sure I skipped so many important things, but I think that kind of hits the highlights of who I am and like where I'm at and what lo- life looks like today. Wow. There is a lot in your story. Um, I just so much good and greatness of just like the jobs that I feel like you went from one amazing job to another incredible job. Um, And so I want to hear about that. First, though, I want to step back to when you were talking about the camp that you went to, that your parents made you go to, um, and and how that turned out to be a great thing. Um, Isn't that what you would say? (laughs) Yes. I mean, it was life-changing for sure. It was not my choice. I did not want to do that. And It's even funny. We joke about this a lot. There was a girl who sat next to me on that van. I mean, if you're a part of the Christian faith, you know these youth vans I'm talking about. They're smelly. They're hot. Their kids are crazy. There's so much sugar and caffeine. And there was this girl next to me who honestly was kind of driving me crazy the whole trip down. And you'd fast forward however many years later it's been, and she's my best friend in the entire world. And so it's just amazing how something that I was dreading and kind of dragging my feet into has been probably one of the most formational things that happened to me. And that was when I was 13 and now I'm 31. So it's just kind of crazy to see how that's affecting my life even this many years later. 
Like, well, I wanted to say something about that because my middle son, Camden, I don't know. Have you gotten a medium? I don't know if I have. I'm not sure. Okay. So he went to impact this last year and it's, uh, you know, to us, it's no secret. He always knew how great impact 360 was. Connor went, Connor was totally excited about going, you know, they've known about it since Connor was in third grade. Mm -hmm. Um, but Camden was not as, ex as excited about going his senior year because, you know, he, he, he just was like, knew how great it was, but he wanted to do his own thing. You kind of want to, yeah. Yeah, he kind of had in his mind, I've got to do this, this and get out of school, you know, and it was like such a hard thing for us because we felt very strongly that we wanted him to do it and that he needed to do it. But at the same time, he was such an amazing child, you know, and teenager. And we knew that it, he, he sought the Lord and we knew that, you know, he wasn't doing it to be rebellious and say, I don't want to, I think, but at the same time, we felt very strongly that we did not want him to miss out on it. And so I always say, I'm so thankful for my husband who is, you know, godly and just, he was like, I really want you to do it. And, you know, I was afraid that he's going to hate us for forcing him to do something, you know, and he came to, we just asked him, you know, like, look, we feel very strongly. We feel like we want you to do this. If you will just honor us, you know, we will send you wherever you want to, to go to college after that. And he did, he honored us with a great attitude and, and just gave it to the Lord. And he will tell you now that it was the best year of his life. And so I'm so grateful that I had my husband as the spiritual leader to be like, you know, I want him to do this. And I think if you have godly parents who are seeking the Lord, this is for young adults to trust your parents. And um, because he will say, thank you for making me do that pretty much, you know, um, oh, yeah. never, I think a lot of times we're like, we're so scared that we're going to force our kids to do something. And, and you do have to listen to the Lord and you have to be careful. Um, but I love hearing your story of that because that's just another testimony of, you know, if your parents are seeking the Lord to trust, trust them in that, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there have been so many points in my faith journey and even in just my life where I was really reluctant to something. I was reluctant to a change or I was reluctant to a suggestion. And because of who it was that was recommending it, maybe it was mom and dad and I didn't have a choice, or maybe it was like someone that I trusted, even that professor that I mentioned in my story who said, hey, this is a gift. Like you should lean into this. Even though I was reluctant in those places, I saw how when you do kind of crack the door to that and take a risk and just kind of lean in and say, okay, like Camden did, I'm going to give myself to this. I'm going to give it a year or I'm going to give it this amount of time. And then I'm just going to kind of move forward. I have never not been surprised by what the Lord has done with that and with that small bit of obedience and how it has even surpassed what my parents expected or what that professor expected or what I expected for what would come from that experience. Wow. Yeah, that's good. That's incredible. I want us to back up for a second. You mentioned your podcast. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about number one, your podcast, but then also like why you started it and just all about that. 
Yeah, that's why I love being with you guys because I know that you get it. And especially your listeners who have been along for the ride, they can resonate with this so much. But uh, I mean, there was that indication from people that I loved and trusted saying, hey, I think like the Lord may have made you to use words with people in a specific kind of way for your life. Like when we're talking about calling, I still don't really know how to succinctly or like very well describe it, but I just know that words and people are a part of what I want to do, whatever I'm doing, if it's a job or a skill or a project, whatever. And so I also feel like I have been exposed to some of the most amazing people in the world. And I really mean that. I mean, from my relationships at Impact 360 and with the Chick-fil-A family to my relationships at A21 and the people that I'm constantly meeting through this work and school and all of these things, I've just been blown away by who these people are that I get the privilege to know. So back in October 2020, you know, mid-pandemic, everyone's just kind of like figuring out what life looks like. I had talked for so many months to my husband, Scott, about how it would be amazing if I could just record conversations with these people that I know and that I think are just amazing, amazing people, and then to release that into the world so that other people can get to know them as well. And I talked about it so much that Scott finally just bought me a microphone for my birthday that year and was like, okay, you just need to do this. You've been talking about it too long. You need to actually take action on it. He's much more like entrepreneurial than I am. And so he bought me a mic and I had this idea. And so at some point, which happened for me right around October, 2020, It was like, okay, I think I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try to put something out there and just see what happens. So I released the first trailer and then I released the first episode. And in that first year, I just released one episode every four weeks, kind of like you guys do. And then in my second year, I challenged myself to release an episode every two weeks. And then last year, I went to releasing an episode every week. And it's just become such an important and like favorite part of my life. And I look at this whole library now of stories and conversations and people that I've had on my podcast and I'm so proud of it. And I'm so excited to have access to it forever and ever. And there's some really fun things too. We just stepped into season four, still releasing an episode every week, still amazing guest and just kind of even dreaming about how to take this even bigger and how to open the door for even more to be a part of what we're doing. And so my podcast is called More with Nikki Dutton. And kind of the short part of it is that this podcast exists to discover the more that's in life around us every single day. I love that. Yeah. And I love how impact just, um, you know, they they saw that in you. And- yeah called that out. It's so important to have people in your life that you trust to do that. Well, and way to go for just stepping into what God was calling you to do. I mean, just to, and to continue challenging yourself every year to continue growing your podcast and getting those stories out there. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Same to you guys. You're doing the same thing. So I'm glad that there's like this kind of sisterhood in this little podcast space. It feels like everyone started a podcast, but I'm proud that these are still going and that they're still kind of producing these amazing stories. That's right. Um, Okay. Tell us about A21. This is um, something that I'm just so interested in. I remember several years back, probably like 10 years ago, I think Christine Kane was a speaker Mm -hmm. at Passion. Yep. I I don't know when it was. And I'll never forget. It was the first time I had met, not met her, but seen her speak and was introduced to her. 
speaking and um she just like jumped down on the stage and started doing all these push-ups and I was like <laughs> I love her yeah. um, I love her immediately yes. um my background is in fitness so I connect yes I don't even know what she was talking about at the time who knows <laughs> I started following her and um just learning more about what she does and especially the um, a21 campaign so tell us a little bit about that and your work in that yeah, so A21 stands for abolishing slavery in the 21st century. So it kind of starts with understanding human trafficking and human trafficking is like basically described as the exploitation of men, women and children for their bodies and for their labor. So it can be labor trafficking, it can be sex trafficking and like I said it can span, you know, all ages, which is the most heartbreaking thing about it in different parts of the world have different types of trafficking that are more prevalent. I think the aha moment for me was that it, it always felt like a very far off issue. Um, but in the last four years, I've started to really understand how it's happening in our cities here in the U.S. and even in our hometowns where you wouldn't expect it. Um, and human trafficking starts with a vulnerability. There's a vulnerable there's a vulnerable person or there's an area of vulnerability, whether that's economic or emotional, relational, physical. And there are individuals who will exploit that vulnerability for their own profit and gain. And so Christine Kane learned about human trafficking. I think it's been about 15 years ago at this point. And her and her husband, Nick, who is our CEO, started A21. And A21 is just existing to end this completely. So that happens through three different buckets, reaching people with life-saving information, rescuing victims who are actively caught in human trafficking, and then restoring survivors of human trafficking to a life of independence. And so my job has changed over the last four years. Like I said, I started as a volunteer, quit everything, moved out to California. Scott got a job at Enterprise just to like keep a roof over our head. So we just kind of went all in as a volunteer in that season. That led to me being on our communications team based on my background and my degree. So I did communications for about a year. And then now I'm on a strategic partnerships team. So helping connect the dots for people who want to be more involved and giving them ways to do that. There are so many people who have a heart for helping um, those who are in human trafficking. I believe that, you know, it's there. there's been more awareness around that the last five to 10 years, but mm -hmm. I feel like there's still a lot that people are like, okay, well, but what can I do? What would be, what would you tell our listeners if you want to help? What is some, some practical things that we yeah. Yeah, I, I know this sounds so simple, but just saving the National Human Trafficking Hotline in your phone is such a big one. We can include that in the episode notes so that people have that. That's so simple. Just being prepared to make a report if you see something suspicious. I would also say as simple as it sounds, following A21, International Justice Mission, any of these anti-human trafficking organizations that you admire, following them on social media so that you can continue learning about the problem and the solution is also so helpful. And then resharing that information with your networks. If you're a mom or a parent listening, A21 has a lot of free downloadable resources available so that you can have conversations with your children, with your teens, um, with your teams, whatever that might look like. There's a lot of resources there that can help just kind of get this basic awareness 
on everyone's radar so that then we can prevent the problem before it starts. But I, I think also just being prepared to make as detailed as possible a report as you can to the human trafficking hotline is huge. And then, of course, investing and giving if you're looking to make an end of year gift or if you're looking to give out of your you know abundance out of the tides and offering. I think there are a lot of incredible organizations that are reducing vulnerability that would be really amazing to partner with. Yeah, Thank great. you so much for that. Really quick, um, I know in your story you talked about your dad passing away and you having two miscarriages. And um, I would just, I just wanted to ask, do you have anything that you want to share about holding grief and joy at the same time? Yeah, I mean, I think just acknowledging that it is attention. So in my like background and personality, a lot of times I just want to like erase tension. I just don't like tension. I just want everything to be good and happy. Like if I could like wave a magic wand and there was no pain and suffering in the world, I would do it every single time. But that's not the world that we live in. That's not my story. That's probably not your story. So I think just acknowledging that the tension is normal is helpful. And just knowing that you're not bad or you're not weak or you're not broken because you're acknowledging the fact that things are hard and they're also good. So letting myself and yourself like lean in to moments that are just good and happy and peaceful. But also for me, this is the harder one knowing when to lean in and let the tears fall, let the emotions flow, finding safe places like a counselor or a friend or a pastor to speak with about those days that are really hard. And just briefly, I would say too, I'm learning a lot about what it means to live in the middle. So I don't know the end of my story yet with having kids. We believe that the Lord will fill our family. We don't know what that will look like yet. And so I'm in these weird in-between pages, these middle pages of the book where I don't know. I don't know what that will exactly look like. So I'm learning a lot right now about having courage to hope and how to actively pursue hope instead of it just being something that comes super easily. Uh, because when you've had a loss, that can kind of be a knock at your confidence. So I would say that those are some things that I'm learning. <clears throat> I haven't learned them perfectly. Um, so if you want to listen to me, like flesh these things out, you can come over to the podcast. But yeah, I'm just kind of walking it out uh, little by little and just kind of working it out with my friends and especially with the Lord. Yeah, I look forward to listening to you and just as God continues to thank you grow you guys and just what he does in your journey. I thank do want you. to know, is there a scripture that you are clinging to right now or have been the last few years as you've gone through trials? Yeah. I mean, I think of the one in Ephesians of abundantly more, especially because like my podcast is called more. So this whole theme of more has been in my brain for years now. Um, and right now, like I'm finding it hard to believe for more. And so I think that that scripture that he will do abundantly more than we can ask, think, or imagine, it just sets the bar really high in my own life. And so, um, it doesn't feel very achievable and attainable a lot of days just to be super transparent, but I think it just kind of reorients who I know God to be, even if that doesn't feel true for me in this specific moment or day. That's encouraging. Thank you so much, Nikki, for just being vulnerable and being willing to just share what you're learning and what you're walking through. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. 